We're excited this morning to continue in what we call our summer Bible jam. And there are only a couple of you who have not been here for this particular event. And every summer for the past several summers, we have emphasized more than we normally do. We have accentuated the necessity and the centrality, our need for the Word of God. And as we have been traveling through the Word, I think it's safe to say that for many, maybe for all of us, God has made himself more real. That we have found that reading his word is not the confusing and boring issue that so many find it to be. But it's life. It's life. And the Holy Spirit, through the word of God, touches every and any area of us that he wants to and we need for him to touch. How many of you would agree with this? Any of you? Amen. And so we're continuing this morning with the Bible jam, some of Bible jam. And no, don't be upset. I'm not going to be speaking. Somebody said amen. I heard an amen. (laughs) You thought you said it quietly, but these hearing aids accentuate my hearing now, and I can hear you breathing. (laughs) This morning, we are so excited, and I am personally excited, that rather than having to hear from me or one of the pastors, and that's not a put down of us, but it is exciting to hear from other folks that we haven't heard before. We're privileged this morning to be hearing from a man whose name is Alan Hurth, who's a member of the Gideons International. Alan is from Parker, Colorado. Where's Parker? Say it again? Right by Denver? Okay. And he's a graduate of the University of Northern Colorado, where he studied political science. In 2002, he funded, founded the, what is called the Ezra Project. And the Ezra Project is a nonprofit corporation whose mission is to reconnect God's people to God's word. And Alan has been married to his high school sweetheart, Terry, for over 40 years. He has three married children. And most of all, he has five grandchildren. I'm the king of the grandparents. There's no rival here, even though they may think they are. Since joining the Gideons in 1980, Alan has served in many positions in his local camp. That's the local gathering of the members of the Gideons. And he is now the international vice president of Gideons International. During his years with the Gideons, 
Alan has traveled to over 25 countries helping to distribute the Word of God. And so he's here in New Orleans along with thousands of other Gideons who are representing more than 90 countries around the world attending the annual International Gideon Convention. And so we have asked Alan to be with us this morning to give us a report about, not about the Gideons per se, but about the power of the Word of God in the lives of those who have been transformed by receiving a copy of the Word of God from the Gideons. So, Alan, come on up, brother. I normally don't start my messages this way, but I will because of the introduction that he just gave. Uh, I got saved when I was 15 years old after a car accident in Colorado Springs. That night, after I gave my life to the Lord, I was laying on my bed and I heard a voice tell me, there's a Bible on your bookshelf, get it down and read it. I must have heard something because I got up off my bed, I went over and pulled the Bible off my bookshelf, and I opened it to the first page, Genesis chapter 1. Amen. I read that chapter, and the next day I read Genesis chapter 2. Next day, chapter 3. And every day, for three and a half years, one chapter a day, I read the Word of God as a 15-year-old up to my 18th year. When I finished, I started over. Because I thought that's what Christians do. I thought Christians read their Bibles. Now, if this was an Ezra Project message, I would actually do a survey to find out if you're really reading your Bibles. Maybe I'll get to come back someday and do that. But the Word of God has been important in my life since I was 15. I basically have been a daily Bible reader for over 40 years. It's a challenge for you. If you're having a summer time of concentration in the Word of God, I encourage you to really consider... A daily time in the Word every day of your life. And uh, we have something, again, that is not normal for me in a Gideon message, but because the Ezra Project was mentioned, we have a a daily devotion. So whatever Bible uh, book you're in, there's a very good chance that we have on our app a daily devotion for you. So you can put Add Bible on your phone. You can hear 10 minutes a day. If it's too, you're too busy to open your Bibles, you can put it in your ears. You can do it when you're driving. You can do it when you're walking. You can do it when you're mowing the lawn. But uh, it's called Ad Bible, ADD Bible, Audio Daily Devotion. And it's an app that you can have from the Ezra Project, free, every day. You can listen. We just finished the book of Daniel. Tomorrow we'll do Haggai. In August we'll start First and Second Chronicles. So I'm not sure where you're at in your summer study, but if that helps you, then uh, that's an added commercial that you got for absolutely nothing this morning. Because I'm not even here to talk about that. Um, Pastor did mention that we had our international convention in New Orleans. We praise the Lord for this city and what's happening, and I'm going to share that in a few minutes. But we had uh, delegates from 92 countries of the world right here in your city this week. And we had an offering goal 
We're not going to ask this from your church this morning. But we, the Gideons, wanted to do what we asked you to do. And that's help us place the word of God. So our offering goal was $3 million. And we just got the uh, report this morning. $3.6 million given in New Orleans for the word of God from the Gideons around the world. So let's look at the Word of God. Please stand and grab your Bibles. You still bring your Bibles to church? Or your phones, or whatever way you can get into the Word. Turn to Romans chapter 10. This message this morning is, Why the Word? You're having a summer emphasis on the Word. But let's talk about why the Word. So Romans chapter 10, verses 1 through 3. And then... We'll jump down to verses 14 through 18. I think it'll be on the screen for you as well, but let's read the Word of God. Romans chapter 10, verse 1. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to, God, to God's righteousness. How then, and we jump down to verse 14, how then will they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they've not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. But I ask, have they not heard? Indeed they have. For their voice has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. Thank you for standing in honor of God's word. You can be seated. So why the word? Pastor mentioned in his introduction that I've had the privilege to travel. Now it's actually not 25 countries, over 30 countries of the world on behalf of the Gideons. I've visited every of the five largest countries in the world. I've been to four out of five. China, uh, India is the one I haven't been to, Brazil, Indonesia, United States. So I've been to the big five. Uh, I've been to the uttermost parts of the earth. I've been to the smallest places, places you probably can't find on a map. Out in the islands of the South Pacific or in the islands in the Atlantic. Places like Micronesia, Tonga, Palau. In my travels, I've seen the depravity of man. I've seen the killing fields in Cambodia. Where Pol Pot killed three million of the nine million people in his own country. I've seen the demilitarized zone in Korea. And Korea's in the news a lot lately. And it's pretty sobering to stand at the DMZ or down at the observatory and look into North Korea, understanding what the world is like today in that part of the world. I've seen the remains of the Berlin Wall. So I've seen the depravity of man. Then I've also seen man's attempt to find God. Islam, Buddhism, Hindu, voodoo. And now post-Christian modernism. Why? Why have I gone around the world for the Gideons International? To deliver the word of God to a confused, lost, and increasingly hostile world. So let's go back to our theme verse. 
They have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. As members of the Gideons International, we believe this book contains the mind of God, the state of man, the doom of sinners, and the way of salvation for all mankind. We believe this book is the inspired, inerrant, infallible word of God, as many of you do. Amen? Amen. And we believe in the Great Commission. The commission to the church in Matthew 28, 19. That says, go, there, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always. Until the end of the age. So because Gideons are all members of Protestant church congregation or assembly. And must have the approval of their pastor. We are simply an extension, a missionary outreach of this church and churches all over the world. And we're helping fulfill that great commission here in New Orleans and to the uttermost parts of the earth. So we do that in a couple of ways. We do that through the Association of Christian Business and Professional Men for Service. Maybe you know, but maybe you don't know that Gideon's is a men's association, a business and professional men's association. We think that's still important in our world today, that we have business and professional men associate together as iron sharpens iron and hold each other accountable to our testimonies in a difficult world of immorality in business. So that's the Gideon's. That's what it's always been. That's what it is. And we do that also through personal testimony and personal work. So it's through our lives and then it's the opportunity to share the gospel with others. I'll give you an example. I travel quite a bit and I get on airplanes a lot. So after Christmas one year, I was flying back from uh, Portland, Oregon. A young man comes and sits next to me on the airplane. Tells me his name is Zachary. He's 18 years old. I said, what are you doing? He said, I was in Portland for Christmas. I said, what does Christmas mean to you? He says, oh, you get together with family, exchange gifts, you you know, you have fun. And I pulled out one of my testaments and I turned to Luke chapter 2 and I put it in Zachary's hands and I said, why don't you read this? He begins to read the Christmas story. And he says, oh, that's right, that's what Christmas is about. And then he said, yeah, doesn't this book say something about uh, this Jesus? He fed some people, right? Yeah, so I turned a page and showed him where he fed some people. And he healed some people, right? And I said, yeah, he healed some people. And, he read, and then he said, doesn't it somewhere in here say, and if you call upon the name of the Lord, you can be saved? I said, Zachary, how do you know so much about the Bible? He told me that his mother was in jail, his father was gone. He was actually not living with them because he couldn't. He was flying from Portland back to an uncle in Austin, Texas to stay with them. As he was trying to finish school. His life was a mess. But he said, I had a grandmother when I was little who took me to church. Took me to Sunday school. And now as you put a Bible in my hand, we begin to share these stories. It all comes back to me. 18 years old, the word of God had been planted in his heart because of churches like this. And Sunday schools like you have. And so... Then I said, well, it does say here, Zachary, that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
Would you like to do that? And in the back of our testaments, the Gideons are up to date. We have a GPS system in our testaments. God's plan for salvation. GPS. So it says God loves you. We're all sinners. That God has a remedy for sin. And Zachary, it says you could be saved now. And there's a prayer to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Do you want to do that, Zachary? And he prayed right there in the airplane. To receive Jesus as his Lord and Savior. So we do personal witnessing. We've, we've been all over your city these last few days. Giving out thousands of copies of God's word. And seeing many waitresses and people that we've been working with. Come to saving faith in Jesus. As the Gideon Convention wraps up here. So that's part of what we do. And then lastly of course we place the Bible. And New Testaments all over the world. And I'm going to share that with you this morning. We are 266,000 volunteer Gideon and Auxiliary members, all members of churches in 200 countries, territories, and possessions, all over the word of God, all over the world, handing out the word of God. So why the word? Let's go back to our text. Romans chapter 14, chapter 10, verse 14 says, "How then will they call on him in whom they've not believed, and how are they to believe in him whom they've not heard?" So let's think about the world for a minute. How many people in the world have never heard John 3.16 and 17? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And whoever believes in his son should not perish but have eternal life. For, the God, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. How many millions of people have never heard that when we can roll off our lips? How many Muslims, Buddhists, Hindus, and atheists have never read 2 Peter 3, 9 and 10? The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise. <coughs> Excuse me. As some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and the heavens will pass away with the roar, and the heavenly bodies will burn up and dissolve and be dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done in it will be exposed. How many of them have never read that verse? How many post Christian modernists? Those who believe that absolutely tr- absolute truth does not exist. How many of them have read Acts 4, 11 through 12? This, Jesus, is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven under among men by which we must be saved. <clears throat> so why the word? I think you would agree, the world is in a desperate place. The world needs truth. And we know where the truth is, don't we? We know the truth is here. John 17, 17 and 18 says, Jesus speaking, sanctify them in the truth. Thy word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. So do you believe that the world needs truth this morning? Do you believe Muslims, Buddhists, and Hindus, and atheists, and post-Christian modernists need God's word in our world today? 
So, at the end of this, rather than just hear a message this morning, we can all do something about this. We always think that, you know, I can't do much. Well, yes, today you can. Every one of us can have an impact on the world after this message today. And you'll get a chance to decide that as we finish up. So why the word? Let's go back to our text once again in Romans 10. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. But I ask, have they not heard? Indeed they have. For their voice has gone out to all the earth and their words to the end of the world. So in August, I participated in a scripture blitz to the nation of Malaysia. Malaysia is a Muslim country. And what does it mean to say that Malaysia is a Muslim country? They're not all the same, but in Malaysia, this is what it means. It means born a Muslim, die a Muslim. It's against the law to convert a Muslim in the nation of Malaysia. So why are we there trying to hand out God's word? It's an interesting opportunity. And we went to a place called Miri, Malaysia. So this is your geography lesson today. You go home or get on your phone and find Miri, Malaysia. Because I think I'm in the uttermost parts of the earth in Miri, Malaysia. And in Malaysia, the first question you have to ask anybody you talk to is, are you a Muslim? And if they say yes, you can talk about anything else. But you're not going to talk about Christianity because anybody can turn you into the authorities and that could be it. So you ask them if they're a Muslim and if they say no, then we have the chance to share with them, talk to them. And so we would go to these schools. Imagine going to these schools and they're all Muslim headmasters. And we have to say, we're here to give your students a copy of God's word, the Bible. And most of them would say, okay, we'll dismiss the Muslim students and you can speak to the rest. That's amazing to me in a Muslim country, that they allow us to do that. I believe that happens because people pray for us as we go on these scripture blitzes. So we go to each school and we'd ask those questions and then we'd have a chance to share. We did that for the week in Miri, Malaysia. But the Gideons there had learned about another town called Mulu, Malaysia. So now that's your second geography lesson. Find Miri, then find Mulu. Now I know I'm in the uttermost parts of the earth. It's a small little town. And when they learned about Mulu, they knew that there was only one Christian church in Mulu, Malaysia. Pastor Darius. And when they met Pastor Darius, it was about a year ago. He said, my town needs God's word. We need Bibles. So now we're there and we're doing this scripture blitz and Mary and a few of us take a small airplane and we fly over to Mulu, Malaysia. Pastor Darius meets us at the airport and he takes the Gideons around so we can place the Bibles in the hotels in his town. It's a tourist town. And they visited all the schools and the hospitals and they gave out the scriptures. But a couple of us had the privilege, the opportunity to get on this flat boat and go up the river to find some schools in this forest, this rainforest. So two hours up the river on this flatboat, and maybe you're seeing it, uh, two hours up this river in the hot Malaysian sun, and we, come, we finally come across the school. The school has 19 students. And when we could separate the students, and even the ones that could even read, that's the only ones we could give a scripture to, there was six. Six students after two hours in the hot sun up this river, in Malaysia. We gave each of them a copy of God's word in their language. And they gave us the privilege to share that GPS system with those students. 
that God loved them, that they were all sinners, that God had a remedy for sin, and that they could give their hearts to Jesus right then. And then we led those six kids in that prayer, my decision to receive Jesus as my Savior. And all six bowed their heads and received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Do you think it's worth it to go two hours up a river for six kids? But then the headmaster, he's standing there, he says, but there's another school, another hour up the river. Now we have to decide, can we get up the river another hour and visit this school and get back before dark? Because it's not going to be safe to be on this river after dark. So we decide, you know, I'm going to be in this place one time in my life. Let's go. So we go another hour up the river. And we come across this school, a big school, a secondary school, filled with teenagers, 140 students, and a Muslim headmaster. We sit down with the headmaster, we say, we came up this river to give your students a copy of the Bible. Now, he should have said, that's a waste of time. This is a Muslim place, a Muslim school, not happening. But he didn't. He said the same thing. I will dismiss the Muslim students and you can speak to the rest. Of 140 students, 13 leave. We have 127 kids left to speak to. So we give them a copy of God's word in their language and we share. Now we've been on this river for three hours. I've been baked in the hot sun. So I was not there for numbers. I was there because I wanted these kids to understand what they had in front of them. So I made it as hard as I've ever made it for anybody to accept Jesus. I said to them, this has to be a life-changing decision. This has to be something that will change your life for the rest of your life. And if it's not going to be that, don't pray this prayer. And then I shared my own testimony with them. At 15 years old, just the same age they were, when I gave my life to the Lord. And it changed my life forever. If that's not what it means to you, then don't pray this prayer. And we prayed. We prayed, confessing to God that I'm a sinner and believing that the Lord Jesus Christ died for my sins on the cross and was raised for my justification. I do now receive and confess him as my personal savior. And then there's a place for them to sign their name. We prayed, we looked up, nobody is signing their name. And I thought, well, maybe I made it too hard. And then I noticed... Nobody had anything to write with. So I took my pen out of my pocket and I gave it to the students in the front row. And the other Gideons got their pens out and throughout that crowd of, of all those kids, you can see it, people writing their names after that prayer that they received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Well over a hundred that we could count. Praise God for the power of his word. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> Three hours back down the river on that flatboat. That night, got back just before dark. Poured rain. It's a rainforest. It's poured like I've never seen rain. The next morning, it's still raining. It's pouring. But for six hours that day on that river, no rain. Is God in this or what? Amen? So why the word? Because it's the only hope. For Muslim nations. Let's go to Cambodia. 
Cambodia. Between 1975 and 1993, the Gideon ministry was suspended in Cambodia because the Khmer Rouge overthrew the government. And I said at the beginning, killed three million people. Sukun was a young teenage Khmer soldier who was stopped believing in that cause and fled Cambodia to a refugee camp. There he was given a New Testament that had already been passed through the hands of several others in that refugee camp. And after reading John 3.16 for the first time in his life, Sukun, like many others, gave his life to Jesus. His name went in that back of that testament. But there were many, many other names already as they passed that testament through the refugee camp there. Sukun took it seriously. After the war, he returned to Cambodia. He and his wife felt the call of the Lord to serve God in his own country by planting churches. He is now the president of the Christian and Missionary Alliance in Cambodia. The power of a New Testament in a refugee camp in a communist nation like Cambodia. When I visited Cambodia back in 2003, we had one camp in Phnom Penh. Today, we just had Gideons from Cambodia. At this convention, they told me there are now 35 Gideon camps in the communist nation of Cambodia, spreading the word of God. Why? Why the word? Buddhist nation of Cambodia, communist nation. It's the power that can change a Buddhist to a Christian. Amen? What about a Hindu nation? Let's go to India. Largest, second largest Nation on earth. In India, over 1.3 billion people. We have over 37,000 Gideon and Auxiliary members in the country of India. Placing 1.3 million scriptures every month. It's the largest open door in the world today. And probably that or China, the largest country in the world today. So, we have. why is it important that we have Indian Gideons in India? Because I tried to go to India twice now. And I have been denied a visa to India twice. I can't think of why anybody would not let me in their country. Could you? Why couldn't I come to your country? The only reason is because I'm a Christian. They Google me. They find out I'm in the Gideons International. They find out I have the Ezra Project. I don't know, but I'm on YouTube preaching in churches. So they, don't, they won't let me to go to India. But it doesn't matter because we have Indian Gideons there. And they're placing the word of God. So I understand that it rains in southern India like it does here in New Orleans from time to time. And they they get flooded out like you've been flooded out. So this little village in southern India was flooded out. And uh, this young girl, Karthika, is 12 years old. She's walking through the water in the village, not knowing that a pole, electrical pole, is also under the water. She contacts the wire. She's electrocuted. She's unconscious. She's basically given up for dead. All the village, all the families around her, they're all crying. They're mourning. There's nothing they can do. But her her 14-year-old sister comes by and says, you know, hey, last week... Some guys in some suits were standing in my classroom handing out these books. So I began to read this book. And I read about a story about some guys who had their friend and he was sick. So they tore up the ceiling of this house. And they dropped him down this ceiling. And some guy named Jesus healed him. Maybe we should pray to this Jesus. Maybe he can heal my sister. 
They're out of hope. What are they going to do? So they pray to Jesus. And Carthaga begins to breathe. She comes back to life. She's resuscitated. That's the power of our God, isn't it? The power of Jesus. And so in India, everything's a God. There's like 300,000 gods. You saw that temple maybe earlier. Everything in that temple is a God. So they didn't add Jesus to the God list that day. They chucked all their other gods. And that family is a Christian family because they never saw the power of the Word of God or the power of Jesus like they saw that day. Amen? Amen. That's the Jesus we serve. So why the Word? Because it's the only hope. For Hindus in the world today. Let's make one more stop. We're going to stop in Australia. But I'm going to start in Sweden. In Sweden, Eric grew up. A scholarly minded young man. He was very interested in academics. Had little or no interest in faith or religion. He said, I was active as a communist and I was a convinced atheist. I'm not sure what that means what a convinced atheist is. But he said, I'm a convinced atheist. Christians were weak and hypocritical. Is that how you feel? Weak and hypocritical. When challenged by a friend to read the Gospel of John, he said, okay, I'll prove to you from your book that your God is not real. However, he didn't have a Bible. So he remembered that a New Testament was given to him in school years before. So he dug around in his house and he found it in a drawer. He tucked it in for many years ago. And as he started reading John, questions began to flood his mind. What if Jesus is who he says he is? Soon after, he agreed to attend a Christian youth rally for the first time. Never been exposed to Christianity, never been exposed to Christians, never been exposed to prayer or worship. And that day, it touched his heart. And then he said another question to God. God, if you're real, show yourself to me. And then he said this. I experienced a strange, unfamiliar presence. Hmm. We know who that is, right? That Holy Spirit. That strange, unfamiliar presence. I accepted forgiveness for persuading people to doubt God over the last 19 years of my life. And I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Eric fell in love with the scriptures he once doubted. He read the entire New Testament through each month. How are we doing, Christians? How are you doing on your Bible reading? Reading the New Testament through each month? How about just a little bit each day? Eric read the New Testament each month for months. Feeling a call to missions, Eric traveled around the world and eventually ended up in... Australia, where he now teaches at a Bible college in Sydney. Why the Word? Because the Word of God can break the convinced heart of an atheist. Amen? Amen. And then in your bulletin, if you grab your Gideon bulletin in your insert, I know you got a lot of things in your bulletin insert today, but find that one that's got the Gideon stuff on it. This one here. And and, uh, as you open that one up, it says, from prison to pastor. If you can see that there, you'll notice it says, from Colorado. So, I actually talked to this guy. 
And I got this testimony that's now printed in bulletins that are going all over this country and around the world. This John Kramer. And his, his story is there that you can see it. I left home at 16. By 21, I was out of control. I shot into a car and was arrested. Nobody died, but almost. He was, should have been convicted for attempted murder. I had no hope, no friends, no family. However, there in my jail cell, I saw a Gideon Place Bible in the Denver County Jail. I'd never read a Bible before. I learned about Jesus and his love. I prayed for the first time, and I was forever changed in one instant. I vowed to follow God and give my life to him. And after my release, I became a pastor My life has been transformed from pain and suffering to joy and service to the king daily. I thank God for his unrelenting love in that jail cell as he spoke to me through the word. Pastor John Craner. And that's where I met him. I met him in a church. And that's when he shared the story. So why the word? Right here in New Orleans, right? Right here in my hometown of Denver. Because that's the power of God that we need to change hearts and lives here in New Orleans and around the world. Why the word? The only hope to bring Muslims, Buddhists, Hindus, atheists, post-Christian modernists back to the truth of the good news through Jesus Christ. John 14, 6 says what? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. They must know that, right? And they don't know that. So that's why we spread the word as far as we can, as much as we can. So you personally can make a difference today. I mentioned that at the beginning. We don't have to just sit in church today. We can actually touch a heart for Jesus, all of us. A couple of things you can do. One, pray. Pray for the Gideons as a missionary arm of your church because that's what we are. We go here in New Orleans. We'll be on the streets. We'll be everywhere. And I'm going to share a little bit more about it. Well, I'll share it now. In New Orleans, we have a campaign. As we came to this city for your, for, to bring our convention here, we met with some of the leading pastors of your city back in January. Just told them, we're bringing the Gideon Convention here. Tell us what's happening in your city. They said this. You may know this. They said, you know, New Orleans' 300-year anniversary is this year. This city's 300 years old. And as far as they knew, <clears throat> there's never been a revival or an evangelism explosion, anything in this city. Now, I don't know that. I'm not from here, but that's what they say. And you just said that's right. So we said, well, what would you like to see? What do you want to happen here? They said, we'd like to see a movement of God. So we began to work with these churches. And here's the plan. Here's the opportunity. It's called NOLA 300. You know what the, the anniversary date is? It's October 27th. The 300th day of the 300 year anniversary is October 27th. So that's the target day for all these churches here in New Orleans and maybe your church as well. You can get involved in this. 300 churches trying to touch 300,000 people with the Word of God. We have a program called the Friends of Gideons. So you can become a friend of the Gideons. You can become a prayer partner. And you just get information about how to pray better for us. You can become a financial friend and you can get these testaments just the same thing we have with that GPS system in it without the emblem. And that's what's going to happen here in New Orleans. We're going to have all the people in the churches, however many, buy these for $1. Special discount for this NOLA 300 program. $1. We're going to train people across the city 
for evangelism. And on October 27th, you are going to go out across your city and touch this city for Jesus. Friends of Gideon's, $1. So you decide. You say, okay, honey, how, how many should we do? Well, we think we could give out 25. We'll go up our neighborhood. We'll go down to the park. We'll go to the shopping center. We'll go down to Bourbon Street. Whatever you want to do. However many you want to distribute. And you just do what we just talked about. You tell people, God loves you. We're sinners. God has a remedy for sin. Would you like to receive Jesus? That's NOLA 300. 300 churches, 300,000 testaments on the 300th day of your anniversary. Sound exciting? Amen? And I'm leaving Pastor Peter a packet of information. It's got a prayer calendar so your church can pray up to October 27th. Every day there's something different to pray for. And so that can be downloaded so you can give those out to as many folks in your church as you want. So that's an opportunity to touch this city. We believe we've seen a movement of God since we started back in January working with these churches and pastors. We pray it so. And you know what? If New Orleans gets touched by the Word of God... Everybody's going to know about it, right? Everybody knew about a hurricane. Everybody should know about another Holy Spirit hurricane. Amen? So that's one way. You can pray for us and pray for NOLA 300. You can join the Gideons. They're business and professional men in this church. Maybe been touched by this message. I want to say, I want to be part of this. I want to touch my city of New Orleans. And I want to touch the world. So come and see me or see Pastor Peter. He knows about it. He's been a Gideon for 16 years. But we need some Gideons in this church to help get this thing going before October 27th. So that's another way. Then we have the Gideon Bible card program. And I think you have a display maybe in your library or someplace where you can actually go. You don't have to go down to the bookstore and get a card. You can get these cards for free here in your church. Maybe you need to pray for somebody and you get a prayer, prayer card. Maybe somebody dies and you want to give some, something besides flowers. You give them in memory of somebody. Uh, you got a football team here? I mean, we do. Denver Broncos. Do you? Uh-oh. My welcome is running out, right? Well, see, this is a great way to reach into your community. So you take one of these cards and you say, in recognition of your great season with the New Orleans Saints or something, you send a card to the football coach or the players or college or your teachers or your mayor and they won't know what to do. They're going to get a card that says, you've dedicated three Bibles because I'm the mayor? What? Won't that be so fun? This should be the greatest outreach of your church, is to send cards to non-Christians and make them confront the Word of God. Amen? So those cards are free. When you do it, you dedicate a couple of Bibles, and the Word of God spreads. So those are all kinds of ways to get involved with the Gideons. Now, one more way, and this is the risky part I said the other night. You need a new Gideon Bible app on your phone. Now, do you need another app on your phone? No. But here's why you want this one. So I'm in a, going on an airplane, and I sit next to somebody, and they look, uh, you know, they, they're, they're different than me. So I say, where are you from? He says, India. I said, India. Yeah, India. So I pull up on my phone, India, my Gideon Bible app, and I come up with India, and it shows all the language on my phone in India. There's 49 languages in India. So I showed the guy, what language do you speak? He says, Hindu. 
I said, okay, Hindu. So I pull it up and I show him, Hindu. I said, that, that, what, that's amazing. What is that? I said, that's pretty good, isn't it? How about this? That's why it's risky. My phone is just spinning. Come on. Well, I can't speak Hindu. But on the phone, normally it would read in Hindu, the Word of God. Come on. Trust me. Try it. (laughs) So there's 1,280 some languages on your phone. You can share the gospel with anybody you meet. And I know in your community you have lots of people coming through here. You just say that. Where are you from? You say, and you look it up. You find the, the town. You look up there. What do you... And they have it. Then you can send it to them. He said, I'm a Hindu. I said, okay. Would you like it anyway? He said, okay. And I, so I get his phone number. Boom. I send it to him. He has it on his phone. He said, I'm going to send this to my parents in India. Just like that. We can spread the word of God. In any language, anywhere in the world. So check out the Gideon Bible app and see what you think. There's also that GPS system on there. So those are all kinds of ways that we partner with the church. Finally, let me finish with an appeal for what you can do to help. I was in Kenya in March. So in Kenya, we did a scripture distribution. And I saw the power of God's word on a nation. The Gideons have been distributing scriptures in Kenya for since 1967, so 40, 50 years. And, and so everywhere we went, every school we went to, and we went to, let me look here, I think it was 218 schools or something, over 200 schools. And we got to go to every school, and the, the, those headmasters were Christians. And they, I said, well, how come you're Christians? And they said, because when we were little, we got a testament in school. So they got a testament. So now they're the headmasters. And they assemble all the students together so we can talk to them. And hand them a copy of God's word. And in a public school, walk through the plan of salvation with all of them. And watch as you see uh, kids hearing the plan of salvation. And then look at this when we say, bow your heads and pray to receive Jesus. And thousands... I think we gave out 70,000 scriptures. 15,000 conservatively gave their hearts to Jesus. So what does all that mean? As we drove around Kenya, we saw cars with glory hallelujah, Jesus saves, and all kinds of stuff around our cars, and all around the billboards and stuff. It's all verses and things. And I'm, I'm thinking, this is amazing. This is Kenya. It's a Christian nation. Why? Because we have put 36 million scriptures in Kenya since 1967. Isn't that what could happen anywhere in the world? If it happened in Kenya, can it happen in some of these other countries? Can it happen in New Orleans? Can it happen in the U.S. again? We pray it so, don't we? We pray it so that the Word of God will become so prevalent... What will happen in New Orleans if you put 300,000 scriptures in the hands of 300,000 people? And not just do that, but give a personal witness. What does Jesus mean to you? We've had that experience in the last week here. I personally have had that experience with some of your folks. And I've seen 
just myself, two or three, accept the Lord just because we gave him a copy and said, do you want to receive Jesus? That's why the Word. The Word is the only hope for this world. It's the only hope for a Muslim nation, a Buddhist nation, a Hindu nation, atheists. It's the only hope for New Orleans. It's the only hope for America. 2 Corinthians 4. 5 through 7 say, For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels or jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not of us. You now get to decide what you want to do. How many scriptures do you want to help the world have? One dollar and twenty cents puts one of these in anybody's hand around the world through the Gideons International. That's what I mean. All of you can do something. Every one of you can buy at least one copy and make sure it goes somewhere in the world. Somebody can do ten, somebody can do a hundred, somebody can do a thousand. You just decide how many you want to place around the world today to make a difference. So as we close, why the word? We go back to our text. Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. How then will they call on him whom they've not believed? And how are they to believe in him whom they've not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are those of the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. But I ask, have have they not all heard? Indeed they have, for their voice has gone out to all the world and their words to the ends of the earth. We can do that this morning. Let's spread the word. Amen? Amen. Thanks, Alan. Thanks so much. All of us here this morning who are believers are believers because of one reason. The Holy Spirit communicated the Word of God to us that Jesus has died to forgive us of our sins and give us eternal life. And God gave us the faith to not only hear, but believe and then receive that word of life. The word of God. As Alan said, before coming on staff at Lakeview in 1990, I had been a Gideon for 16 years. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful experience going out and sharing the word and placing the word. And this morning, it is our opportunity as a church to be participating 
in the greatest evangelistic activity, I believe, that the Holy Spirit has raised up. As we give today, we're not giving to the Gideons, although it may indicate that on the check or however, and we'll mention that in a moment. We are giving to buy Bibles distributed by the Gideons to places that we can't even pronounce, to places where missionaries are not even allowed to go into. This is the power of the Word of God. And so as we give, we are extending the gospel into these areas that we have no opportunity personally or as a church. There's a wonderful scripture in Matthew 24, verse 14. And Jesus is giving a list of nine events that will precede his return. Now, you do know he's coming back. We do know that, don't we? If you haven't heard that, he's coming back. Listen to this scripture, Matthew 24, 14. And this gospel of the kingdom, the word of God, this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world. That's happening through Gideon's International. As a testimony to all the nations and then will come the end. When we give to Gideon's, when we give to purchase Bibles, there is a lot of cost to an organization this large and this extended. There's a lot of printing, just a lot of stuff. We have administrative costs, we have the printing costs, we have all of that. 100% of all of those costs are borne by the Gideons themselves. And so I think, I could be wrong, but I think I'm correct. Gideon's International is the only missionary endeavor upon the earth. That when you give whatever it is that you give, 100% goes toward the printing and distribution of the Word of God. And even traveling to 25, 30 countries and going here and going there, all of that is paid for by these men themselves. I don't know of any other Christian group that does it that way. So we can be assured that as we give, God will use that and save lives all over the world. Brothers, come down. As we prepare to give this morning, and I pray that the Holy Spirit has moved upon your heart. And if you're not prepared to, pay, to give this morning, do so during the week. If you don't have one of these Gideon inserts, some kind of way we'll get you some. But there's an envelope in here. And for those of you who are not going to give this morning, you want to, may, take, may want to take this home, pray about it, and put your check in there and mail it to the Gideons. But as you give, and you see this on the screen, what we normally do 
And we've had the Gideons in this church for years. And I will say this. I don't like to brag. I like to crow. Lakeview Christian Center has given more as a church to Gideons than any other church in this entire region. Yes, you may thank God for that. Yes, yes. The Holy Spirit has poured out great generosity through us. So what we would ask you to do, if it's okay, and if it isn't, you can make the check out to Gideon or Gideon's International, or if you would, make it out to Lakeview Christian Center because the money that we receive in this offering, we will gather together and our own Darlene Battle, who is the treasurer of the church, will write a check to the Gideons next week and they will get the accumulated value of all of that. And if you mail in a check directly, that's great. And if you want to give during the week and you contact us or give electronically, whatever. So let's ask this question. How many people's children will be saved because of what you give today? How many lives will be transformed specifically because of what you give today? This is our call, isn't it, church? This is our call. Father, Father, thank you for searching for us and finding us by your Spirit. And Father, many different ways, but centrally, you spoke to our hearts and you revealed your word to us. Whether it was through the written word, a word from a preacher that we heard, however it was. And so, Father, we give you the, we give you thanks this morning for the opportunity of extending the work of the gospel through this church by giving to Gideon's International. Father, what a wonderful opportunity you give us. And Father, we want to respond in the grace and indicative of your mercy and your kindness in saving us. For you sent us your word and you saved us. So Father, this morning we give that you may do so in others. In Jesus' name, amen. So ushers, if you will. As you're giving, let's sing together. Put our trust in the firm foundation of God's Word. <coughs> How firm a foundation, you saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith. It is excellent word. What more can he say than to you he has said? To you who for refuge to Jesus have fled.
gives me for I am thy God and will still give you rain I'll strengthen you help you and cause you to stand upheld by my righteous omnipotent deep waters call you to go the rivers of sorrow shall not overflow for I will be with you your troubles to bless and sanctify to you your deepest Jesus, the soul that on Jesus has leaned for repose, I will not, I will not desert to his foes. That soul, though all hell should endeavor to shake, I'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. That soul, that soul. Should endeavor to shake, I'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. Amen. As we close this morning, I want to ask the elders to come down as we did last week. And we're going to be here to pray for anyone's needs. So you bring your needs this morning to the elders who are coming down, I think, right now. I think they're all coming down. Come on down, elders. It's okay. Don't be shy. We have a bunch of shy men here. And if you have any need at all, you come down and share with this man. And he'll be praying for you. And we're going to dismiss the rest of the church and ask Alan if he'll go to the back door back there and perhaps y'all can shake his hand off and tell him how much you appreciated him coming here this morning. And one more thing. This morning you may have heard a message for the first time. that has touched your heart in such a way that you realize I'm not saved. I've not been forgiven. I've not thought about it. I thought it was automatic. And I've never, ever called upon the Lord to save me, to receive the death of Jesus for the payment of my sin. And so if that's who you are, right where you are right now, very simply, you can acknowledge that you are a sinner deserving the wrath of God. 
but that God has mercifully shown you and convinced you of your need of a Savior to be forgiven of all your sin. If that's you, simply say, Jesus, save me now. And believe that he does. Because your desire and your decision is led by the Holy Spirit. So thank you for being here this morning. And for those of you who need prayer, you come on down and the rest of us are dismissed. Thank you.